Save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. For a guy we already said was doing just fine, you know, more or less. Uh, Morales? Huh? It's like the Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year Award. This is going to be the Rob Manfred Do-Over Award. <laughs> I bought this offer from the people who were running that pitch tracks thing for the Blue Jays for the first five or six games. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome once again to episode number 52 of artificial turf wars where we've never been happier that this isn't a call-in show i'm your host greg wazduski and i am joined tonight by joshua Housem. josh how you doing do i need to answer that question uh, i just that was reflexive <laughs> i gotta admit <laughs> um we got uh the blue jays and after a week and a bit, we realize that this team has not shown any ability to hit whatsoever. But we have more news than that. We have uh, an injured Josh Donaldson. We have uh, one and a half trips through the rotation, depending on how you do your math. Um, Osuna is back. Bautista is out there in the outfield making plays. Uh, we've been introduced to Kendris Morales for real, for real this time. And of course, we have a do-over. We have your questions and... We even have a, well, maybe it's not a gold star, maybe it's a silver star, but we certainly have something worth that, that we liked this week, uh, not necessarily, you know, on the field liked. Oh, but where am I supposed to start with all that? I'll start all of it with how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much it, isn't it? Do you feel that way? Yep. <laughs> it certainly feels that way. Oh, it's a long season, but uh, yeah, after after just eight games and your favorite team being one and seven, that's pretty much how it's it's shaken out for me. Holy moly! How do you uh, how do you capture the feeling of just coming out of the gate dead? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. How? Uh, I, I think you just captured that quote. They actually captured just nicely with the chorus of that song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so but it's not yeah. the end of the world. No, but it's bad. Mm. So problem number one, the Jays have not hit anybody anywhere at all, save for one Grand Slam from Kendris Morales. Well, they actually scored a bunch of runs in another game that they lost, but that was, you know, <laughs> not a win. So, just before we get into this a little deeper, last year, in games where the opponent scored three or fewer runs, the worst team in baseball was Minnesota, 
with a 625 winning percentage. That was the worst. The Blue Jays were in ninth at 812. In 2015, the worst team in baseball was Minnesota with a 625 winning percentage. <laughs> the Blue Jays are 1 and 4 in such games this season. Because they haven't hit. They literally I they haven't hit for power. Uh they've taken some walks. They haven't they've hit a lot of ground balls. Like I mean, Kevin Pillar hasn't struck out yet. Yeah, he just hasn't hit a ball hard. Yeah. I'm sorry, it was Milwaukee 692 in 2015. I had actually accidentally run the same thing twice. Ah, uh, there but, you uh, go. I mean, they're not doing anything well. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how bad they've been. So, I mean, Russell Martin got his first hit. <laughs> One for 21? Two, yeah. Two outs, nobody on. He gets his first hit after numerous guys coming up with the runners in the scoring position. <laughs> Well, the pressure was off, you see. Um, so you you have the literal black hole of Russell Martin in the lineup. Um, Devin Travis has not had any consistency at all. Uh, Jose Bautista, we'll get to a question about him later, but has not connected with any power. Josh Donaldson has one home run. Two. He's been hitting well. Yeah, except... He's hurt. <laughs> it gets better and yeah. better. You got to get yeah. down to Kendris Morales before you get a guy who's really uh, got everything going for him. He's even, he even played first base tonight, as we are recording this uh, a day later than usual on Wednesday night. And he looked, uh, after his first play where he kind of stumbled towards the bag, I guess, um, he looked pretty good. He picked a, a difficult throw. He made a tag play. You know, it's like he almost has been a third, a first baseman rather in his MLB career on and off. Yeah, no, he did. He looked good, and he actually saved a run with one of them. But just, just if you had to hazard a guess, how many Blue Jays have an OPS that is above above six hundred? Three. No, it's two. How many have an OPS above seven fifty? One. Just Josh Donaldson. <laughs> Come on, really? So nobody is hitting. Nobody. Nothing. Zilch. Uh. Yeah. The question, I guess, at this point, for the hitters becomes: At, at what point is John Gibbons forced to try and change something? Like, do, do I think we... we've reached that point. Yeah, you think, but okay. Now, what do you change? Do you call somebody up? I don't know. I mean, I stopped playing Justin Smoke. I was like, just sit on the bench. You're done, Zeke. You're playing every day. I don't care. Righties, lefties, you're in. See if you can do any better. And that puts Steve Pierce at first base every day, um, which at least reduces your outfield liability a little bit. Yeah. Pierce has actually been fine out there. I mean, he's he looks he reminds me of Ben Revere in that he never looks like he's actually going to catch it, but he still does. Just you know, he's yeah. a, he's a pudgy guy. He's not a tiny fast guy, but he's yeah. been fine. So I don't know how much of a defensive upgrade Zeke actually would be, but I just they can't just keep running these black holes out there over and over and over again. Yeah, I, I, totally. And, and I mean. It, you look at a guy like maybe Russell Martin and you know that over the course of a season probably Russell Martin is not going to be a black hole and 
uh, you know, weighing him against Saul Telemachia, eh, you, you got to think Martin is the better bet. But you can't have Ryan Goins or Darwin Barney in the field and Kevin Pillar not hitting anything on a line at all. Like, he's Mr. Grounder, although he's making contact. And then add to that Justin Smoke striking out every other time he's up. Like, you just can't have can't have any of it obviously but you 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 would yeah, and yeah there's a speaking of what we just mentioned with smoke in today's game so we record this Wednesday after yet another loss um so the in the ninth inning Kevin Pillar led off with a single through the left side and for some reasons Carrera was going to go hit and they sent smoke out there what did you think was going to happen I think Smoke's going to strike out. I, I don't know. Were they, they? I think they still believe that Justin Smoke can hit for power, and it's not been true with any consistency since 2015. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't get it. He has, I mean, he's got five hits, which is nice. He also has eight strikeouts. He's just not good. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he's not this bad. I mean, nobody is this bad on this team except for Ryan Goins, who is actually this bad. <laughs> but I mean you gotta give yourself the best chance to at least get a hit there right you don't need a game tying home run you just need a hit mm-hmm. you you need to move that line a little bit closer to the one guy who is hitting isn't that the theory you gotta get it around hope that guys can sort of scratch and claw and get on base eh, I don't know they finished the game on a double play they had another double play turn. Like, they only get one runner on, and then, uh, as I've said, the ground ball rate is just ridiculous. If if the new fad is to try and hit fly balls in baseball, only, like, two guys on the Blue Jays even got the memo. <sighs> All right, have we buried the hitters now? Do you want to talk about now. Donaldson's calf injury before we move on to the... <laughs> yeah, the... well, yeah, I guess we should. I mean, this is the reason Kendrick Morales was playing first base today. It's because Josh Donaldson was relegated to DH, which meant Darwin Barney had to play third. And oh, he's not actually a good third baseman, just for the record. Although he's a good glove man, he he's he's really not used to third base, and you can tell. Yeah, he doesn't really have the the footwork and the arm action down to play the position. He had a lot of errant throws today. Hmm. But he had to be there. I mean, why don't I lie? Put, There's yeah. another. Yeah, so when I was going those stats before, I forgot Barney because he only has six at bats. He's got seven, a six, 762 OPS. I think we could probably confine ourselves to guys who have as many at bats as games played. I think that's fair. It's fair. So we won't. We'll let him drop off that magical list of guys with a 600 OPS. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Donaldson, uh, he's, he's done what he normally does if he has an injury which is he's come back into the lineup as quickly as possible even though he's not 100% which in Donaldson's case I guess it doesn't seem to hurt him as much as maybe some other guys who who uh, get a little banged up but he obviously hasn't hit a home run didn't hit a home run tonight nobody hit anything tonight yeah no they got zero runs so definitely nobody on the Blue Jays hit a home run I can keep track of this stuff no problem when they score nothing it does make it a lot easier, doesn't it? Yeah, it simplifies the whole thing. Did they win? No. <laughs> How do you know? I just looked at how many runs they scored. They scored zero. Ergo, they did not win. The thing oh. is, they are wasting some really solid pitching performances. 
Yep. <laughs> so props to Marcus Stroman, who threw exactly 100 pitches and a complete game. Gave up only yeah. two runs. So the Jays last year, with the league-leading ERA and league-leading innings pitch from the rotation, had zero complete games. They got one now, and they lost it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is hard in the modern game of baseball to stick around for a whole game and lose it. Just the way pitch counts run with you know runs allowed and and as soon as a guy gets a high pitch count and gets in a jam it's a great excuse to get him out of the game now also props though to to stroman for doing that on a night where they went through five relievers when jay hap could not get out of the fifth inning that's actually kind of timely yeah i mean aaron sanchez did the same thing in his first start he didn't go nine but he went seven and gave up a run and after liriano had bombed out after a third of an inning so they have been able to have their rotation guys, the two, at least the two young guys, give them the length they needed on those days when their bullpen needed the rest, which is, you know, that's kind of what you want, right? You know, you want guys who can step up when it's needed. <laughs> you, know, you look at the, the overall numbers. Hap has an area of 5.4, and Estrada has an area of 5.73, but it's not really representative of how they've thrown. I mean, because they, it's one, one good start, one bad start, right? So Yeah. So it kind of does some odd things here at the <laughs> in April. Things look odd. <laughs> yeah, I mean the bullpen has been mostly good too. Um, you know, Joe Smith has looked great. Well, the the Leone one guy who didn't look any para. good. Sorry, sorry. I said the one guy who didn't look any good is on the DL, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, JB Howell. <laughs> yeah, I mean aside from JB Howell, and well, I'm not going to count Casey Lawrence. No reliever has given up more than a run. Can we talk about good. Casey Lawrence, though? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So uh, this has kind of got washed away in the fact that Jays can't do anything else. But in an extra inning game with a runner on third base and less than two outs, John Gibbons takes a guy in his season debut for his new team. Has he ever pitched in the majors before? I'm sorry. No, it was his major no. league debut. So major league debut in an extra inning game on the road. And you have a guy intentionally walk the bases loaded. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> like it was it was very much set up for the walk-off walk. <laughs> Ah, uh, like I was, I when I heard he did that, I'm like, you, you don't even get the benefit of any doubt whatsoever. To me, no, this is a stupid decision. If you want the double play, if that's your concern, is getting the double play, walk one guy, walk a guy. Good, you've set up the force for the standard double play. I totally understand. Guy on third is a problem if you're not if you don't have a force anywhere except first. That run is going to score for sure. But but walking the second guy, it, it's it's like taking a gasoline can out to the mound and going, here's some book of matches. Try not to light this, you know, it, it, if it blows up on you, I'm sorry, but it's already, actually, it is already lit. I'm sorry. I lit it while I was coming out here. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you go quick, it'll be fine. You know, oh, man. So, yeah, yeah. Gibby not the best. <laughs> What's funny is, so... 
he after that intentionally walked to lower the bases, he showed off his one apparent major league skill: striking out Evan Longoria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for he a faced, moment, anything was possible. Yeah, he faced Longoria twice and struck him out both times, and in, in back to so he faced him in back to back games. So yeah, he struck him out with the bases loaded, nobody out, and then he walked uh, Miller to to lose the game. Uh, so yeah, that I thought that was going to be like a low light, but that was that. Now that's just been washed away in a sea of losses. But yeah, I had to get that in there. Is horrible strategy, and I don't blame Casey Lawrence at all for what happened there. Uh, yeah, and that has nothing to do with it being the trop either. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> we so we talked about uh, Sand uh, Stroman pitching well, Estrada and Hat both having one good, one bad start. You were tell- talking about the bullpen. Nobody's given up more than one run. Uh, Osuna returned from the DL at the home opener, pitched an inning. Looked fine to me. Yeah, so I was there. And I, I was really, really curious to see the radar gun readings because that was a big story during spring training. He was throwing 92, 93 miles an hour. So it's like, okay, well, let's see what he's got. And his first pitch was 94. So it's like, well, that didn't tell us anything. And he threw like four straight sliders after that. It's like, yeah. come on, man, help us out. <laughs> yeah, we know you're trying to trying to salvage an inning here and get through a, a baseball game, but we need to know how hard you're throwing. The rest is mm, <laughs> priority, Yeah, he got up to 96.9, so 97 for all intents and purposes, uh, which is good. I mean, it's not... It's, by all, it's definitely better than he was in the spring, but I'd like to see him throw harder than that. I mean, you know, last year he was 96 to 99. Guys do tend to loosen up as the year goes on, though. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not worried yet, but I, I still would like to see some progression as this as the month goes on because it, velocity does actually stabilize reasonably quickly. See, so, I've always thought that velocity in the warmer months tended to be one or two miles an hour faster because they had warmed up better. I know it's climate controlled in the Rogers Center, but Yeah, I I think I, I'd have to look at this again, but I, from what I remember, it's like about about a mile per hour lower in April usually. Hmm. Which would be so fine. If he's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he's 95 to 97, that's fine. It's not what he was, but it's fine. His slider looked really, really good, though. I mean, Last year, he sort of, at times, it sort of turned a bit into a cutter, and it didn't have the same kind of sharp downward bite, and it was a little too hard. But he, he it looked really, really good against the Brewers. They had no hope. Except that they already won the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, no hope against Osuna. <laughs> yeah, I should probably clarify that. Oh, my goodness. Um, so I guess uh, we cover other, and I'll put highlights in quotes here. Um, Jose Bautista. Uh, he's made a couple of, of I, I know he does not have the greatest range, and, but he has made a couple of jumping and, uh, and, and stretching, you know, sort of plays in the outfield. It, it looks like he's tracking the ball very well. Um, maybe they got him positioned well. I don't know what, which of those things it is. He played a baseball on the, in the first game with the Brewers right off the top of the wall. He played it perfectly and made a thro- strong throw to second base. I, I'm duly impressed. He appears to have at least a major league average throwing arm. <laughs> I would give him a little more credit than that. It was a really, really good throw. I said at least. 
Yeah, <laughs> well, but I think it's close to being Jose Bautista's throwing arm. Is what I was getting at. <laughs> okay, fair. If they, it's funny because the guy who hit it, I, uh, I think it was Aguilar. He uh, he sort of jogged out of the box thinking it was gone. That yes. saved him from getting thrown out at second because <laughs> he was so slow getting around the bases <laughs> that he couldn't even try for the double. Uh, that's a yeah, a blessing and a curse all at the same time when you when you pimp it. And it's yeah. off the top of the wall. So he's like, Whew, all right, well, at least I still get the single because <laughs> he would have been hosed. <laughs> he threw that from basically the warning track and he hit Tula Whiskey in the chest. So, yeah, we did not see that at all the last couple of years. And that's not the only throw. There's been a few where uh, Bautista's been asked to, to get it back into second and, and runners are not not making that big turn thinking about second base when they see him come up with it right now because he he's you know one hop to uh to the fielder or on the fly when he needs to be so if that really is the case he even pump faked a guy who was rounding first that he was going to throw behind him i'm like dude we we've been through this before <laughs> let's not do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but other than that i'm i'm fine with that uh so you know if you do have an above average throwing arm out in right field again that does change the complexion of of how the blue jays can play um, and how they can, you know, how, how they can approach runners um, trying to take that extra base or trying to come home. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Kendris Morales, I want to talk about his Grand Slam because it's l- literally the only game that they've won. Yeah, we finished trashing on the hitters. Now we can give them, some, you know, we can praise something. <laughs> One thing uh, from a guy we already said was doing just fine, you know, more or less. Uh, Morales? Huh? Uh, more or less. Uh, um. <laughs> this is all we have, Josh. <laughs> Trust me, I know. So Doing this to stave off the insanity. Uh, so yeah, or am I turning I'm, into insanity? I'm not sure. Both, both. You're staving off one kind while descending into another kind of pit. <laughs> That's that what I was looking for. Okay, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. So Morales, after watching the two, it, it's exactly what you wanted because a pitcher who had questionable control was walked the bases loaded, got past your your two big hitters in Donaldson and Bautista, and then that that's the real question: is can Kendris Morales deliver when they pitch around the 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 two big guys? Uh, and the answer was a resounding yeah. Yeah, he can deliver. He can deliver a massive home run, like 450 feet. Um, That's all I needed to know. Uh, He also has walked twice with the bases loaded and driven in a run. So it's not like he's going up there hacking either. So all signs point to him being an intelligent hitter with power, with the ability to have plate discipline. So those are all the things we read about Kenry Smorales. I think they, so far, so good. Yeah, I mean, his overall numbers are actually not that good. But just from watching him, he's hit a lot of really hard outs. Mm-hmm. No, I think in the first two series, he hit three balls that were caught at the fence in the big, in, you know, and there would have been home runs at the Rogers Center. Oh, God, I called it that, the Sky Dome. <laughs> and he lined into a, another out. It's just like he's hitting the ball in the screws. So he's, his numbers are going to go very, very up if he keeps hitting like this. Yeah. So, yeah. So- so far, so good for, for, for him in terms of process. Um, and yeah, obviously results not exactly what we, we would 
dream of. But there's a lot of that going around. Ah, uh, boy. I <laughs> think we've talked about all the highlights and lowlights. Is there a specific game that you'd like to call back to and just cry about? Before oh, I move on. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that that's really the, good, the best idea. Um, <laughs> I, well, I, I would want to talk about one thing. I wrote, I wrote about this in this. So we started this hitter and pitcher of the week thing over at uh, BP Toronto, which is not actually the best hitter and best pitcher. We're trying to analyze something that was interesting. There's something to watch with Hap. In, in the first start against Baltimore, he was really having trouble getting his four-seam fastball up. And he kept giving up big hits and home runs. And, the, and it was the reverse problem with Estrada where he was leaving his changeup up and he was giving up home runs. Yeah. So, so people who are looking at this and they saw Hap get hit hard again against Milwaukee. These are the kind of things that tend to regress back to the mean in the sense of like they're going to figure this out because this has never been a problem for Estrada and Hap getting the ball up was never his problem. It was throwing strikes. <laughs> so I just wanted to, t- to touch on that because th- both those things should stabilize and quickly. Yeah. I, I follow you that, you know, if, if it's suddenly a new problem, maybe it's not a problem at all. Maybe it's just a bad night. Yeah. Uh, now that we're done with all that, I think uh, maybe we should pick on somebody else uh, as we issue, as we always try to, a do-over. What did you say? Oh, my God. Did he really just say that? But we can try again, right? You talking about a do-over, baby? Are you talking about a do-over? Let's do this! Oh, good times. <laughs> I think we might have to rename this segment, though. Yeah, I know. We discussed this before, but it is really becoming the bi-weekly Rob Manfred uh, criticism award. <laughs> <laughs> the Rob... The, yeah, what? It's like the... You know, they, they get this, like the Hank Aaron or what... I don't, I don't know what the MVP award is called now, but it's like the Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year award. This can just be the Rob Manfred do-over <laughs> award. <laughs> I wish it was the Rob Manfred Memorial Do-Over word, uh, Award. And, you wanted to die? That's not no, very nice. I just, you don't have to die to get a memorial, by the way. I, I know that oh. sounds strange, but in memory of his time as commissioner, which hopefully will be over soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will read the quote first because I have the quote. Uh, this is regarding relief pitchers for some reason. I've got nothing against relief pitchers, Manfred said, but they do two things to the game. They slow the game down, and our relievers have become so dominant at the back end that they actually rob the action out of the end of the game. That's him commenting on a rule that might limit the number of pitchers a manager could go to in an inning. So my first question was going to be, does Rob Manfred like baseball? And then I realized the answer to that clearly was no. He does not like baseball at all. That's why we keep talking about him. So question number two is, does he watch or understand baseball? Well, I think we've cleared this out. The answer to that one is no as well. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, like what? He wants limit relievers because they've become good? No. And they take the action? What? well, but, but so that would mean that you want to leave the bad reliever in the game, which slows the game down more <laughs> because he does understand that the longer you leave a bad player in on the mound, the more runs score and the longer the game lasts. Right. 
Yeah, see, he's fine with games being 55 to 72, which makes no sense in terms of the order I said those, and taking 19 hours to play as long as there's fast-paced action. He wants to turn into, like, lacrosse or something like that. And Is I'm, that it? Have we discovered the truth that Rob Manfred's actually lacrosse? He's like, he's a plant from the lacrosse leagues trying to make it bigger. Maybe it's um, it's actually cricket, because cricket has, like, big numbers. Like there's overs and runs and things. And I don't understand it, but I know that the numbers are like very high numbers. And I know you can keep batting in cricket for like a whole day. <laughs> Mitch, that sounds like what he's proposing here. So the, the other thing, I okay, how would you limit the number of pitchers you could use in an inning? Like what if a guy just genuinely could not get out? Yeah, which happens, right? We've seen it happen to the Blue Jays where they go through six, four pitchers in an inning and they give up eight runs. Yeah. So, yeah, well, what, so what happens if you know, the, your guy's giving up five straight hits, but you've used up your three relievers for the inning? Has he got to keep pitching? I mean, <laughs> where, how, I, there's no logical way you could even do this. Do, would you be allowed to bring in an outfielder to pitch? If you there's felt that th- there was an indus- injury risk to your pitcher having thrown... 35 pitches and get shelled (laughs) like oh my god there's so many things wrong with that and it doesn't even achieve the thing that you claim that you want to achieve it it doesn't serve any end it just it's a thing to do different for no particular reason Uh, I, and also, it's like if he tries to make it like each relief pitcher must face at least two batters or something like that well, that's going to put like every left-handed relief pitcher out of a out of work. Someone tells me the MLBPA is going to be a little upset with that one. Well, yeah, yeah, like, and will it achieve? Again, it won't speed up the game. It'll it'll reduce a pitching change potentially, but you put a guy in a suboptimal situation, and the game got longer again. <laughs> huh? <laughs> he talked about the hypocrisy of this when he was talking about raising the bottom of the strike zone to get more offense. Like that won't make the game shorter. <laughs> Oh, and they accuse uh, people who write for, you know, little tiny websites that they don't, they should go out and watch the games. We actually have to tell the commissioner of baseball, go watch the games, please. (laughs) That's his do-over. Just watch the games, please. (laughs) Understand how this works. Watch, love your sport. Watch the game. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I I think that sums it up. I'm going to I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with it and we're going to go to our listener questions. As uh, as we do. With possibly slowest (laughs) ever. (laughs) Greg pushed the drop button 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Where is it? There. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? I um I bought this uh, software from Time the people from uh, running running <laughs> the uh, twice. Yeah, I bought the software from the people who were running that pitch tracks thing for the Blue Jays for the first five or six games. <laughs> it was cheap. It was very. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure it's me. Um, we did have a question regarding pace. Yeah, so this came from Peter Harriman at Slippery Pete 4. 
This was in response to something I tweeted from USA Today put out a hundred most powerful people in baseball lists, and number three on the name on the list was Tony Patitti, the guy who's apparently spearheading Manfred's desire for pace of play. And I said I learned I hate this guy, even though I didn't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the question was, what is your stance on pace of play? I think it needs to improve by fifteen minutes average. Uh, I don't think it needs to be. I, I think you could certainly speed up baseball games. I don't think that's really going to get you a great new audience. Um, but if you want to speed up baseball games, there are lots of places, and I think we've talked about them on the podcast a few times, but there mm-hmm. are lots of places that if the umpires would enforce it between, you know, after the first 10 games of keep one foot in the box for your hole at bat unless a pitch has been fouled off or time has been called, um, you could limit the number of trips that a catcher makes to the mound. Um, you could be a lot stricter about how long an actual review takes in New York. Uh, these are all things where the game is dead already. You're just shortening up the dead time. You do a lot better than to try and fundamentally change some rule. Oh, and God forbid, you could shorten the commercial breaks. No, no, no. They need their money from the networks. <laughs> I can't even add anything to that because it's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, as you mentioned, we have discussed this before. But, yeah, I don't think that there needs to be specific shortening of the games. Just, yeah, get rid of the, some of the dead time. That would do it just fine. Uh, okay. So, question number two uh, from Colleen Evans at Colleen Evans 6, what realistic modification would you like to see happen to the dome? I don't think grass is considered realistic or affordable. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that last little note. Realistic modification. I would love to see them at least turn some of those outfield corner seats toward facing towards the plate. I don't know how realistic that is. I don't know what's involved. But when you're sitting in the outfield corner, you're staring into dead center field. So if you try to watch the game, you have a stiff neck by the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. So fix that, please. <laughs> uh, that was uh, uh, pretty much what I was going to say. With the addition of they're going to have to refurb the seats anyway. If you mm-hmm. accept that it's an indoor stadium, you could have much more comfortable seats. The seats in the 200 level, certain sections, are padded. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be super and, padded, but <laughs> and and I'm gonna do this for Captain Latte. Cup holders, put freaking cup holders in. For yeah, you you only get those if you're in the premium dugout sections or yeah. those padded ones on 200 level. <laughs> Nowhere else in the stadium. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go point the seats at the action and give everybody a cup holder. Possibly, you know, just a little spongy underneath and uh and you're good to go now if you a, a ridiculous one would be a big fan to blow on the people who have to sit in the afternoon sun in the uh f- down the first baseline because man <laughs> that's <laughs> no that's i want them to time. use the mr the mr burns sun blocker from this <laughs> <laughs> it's a modification to the roof <laughs> <laughs> it's something to keep the air flowing through but just block the sun <laughs> Mankind's greatest enemy, uh, the sun. Uh, Alex Hume <laughs> at A. Hume asks, where are Hap's velocity and command? Both seemed absent on opening night. Did you notice any mechanical changes for him? Or is he hurt? 
So we talked about the command thing earlier, so I don't think that really needs to be addressed. Uh, the velocity was actually pretty much right where it's been for the last season. He was around 92 to 93 miles an hour. And, you know, that's perfectly acceptable for him. That's the way he works. His changeup was a little firm. is about three miles an hour harder than normal. But, you know, two-game sample size isn't really going to do anything. So I don't think there's much of a worry with him mechanically changing something. I think he just had, you know, some early season command problems. Fair enough. I'll I'll leave that one to your expert eyeball. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brian at Big BSR. Uh, why is it okay for benches to clear in baseball? But if it ever happens in other sports, there's game misconducts, suspensions, everything else. I have no answer for that question. <laughs> why is it okay? I guess it's because if there's any incidents incident out on the field. Unlike in those other sports, this is one guy surrounded by nine on the other team. <laughs> so it's like, just in case, we'll let the numbers even up. But other than that, there's no real reason for it. I I assume that has something to do with it as well. There are suspensions, not all around, but there are suspensions for whoever the league thinks is involved, you know, in the altercation. Because if you really get down to it, most of the time, most of those people are just standing there to make sure, you know, everybody's standing there so things are yeah are fair. But you don't get a suspension just for leaving you get a suspension no. if you actually do something which was whereas in hockey at least and basketball you do get suspended if you leave the bench yeah it's a, it's weird i never really thought about it i guess the other part i guess i i think is funny is you can actually get in a physical fist fight with a guy in hockey and there's a section in the rules specific about that and it doesn't necessarily mean that you even have to leave the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, every sport's different, uh, I guess. Um, oh, right, man. Well. Yeah, sure. This is from Luke <laughs> at Split Letters. I was waiting think... for you. Sorry, I was waiting for you to read the next one up. Go ahead. No, we'll do all those together. There's a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'll read those next. Do you think we'll see more Morales at first base after tonight? He looked pretty good out there and can actually hit in parentheses. Yeah, I think we will. Not because they want him out at first base. I think because Josh Donaldson isn't going to be able to play third probably for a couple nights or he'll need a day off. And it's it's the obvious move to play Morales, which, again, we kind of thought he'd get 30 or 40 games out there, right? They, they're not all going to happen in a row. I don't know if I thought it'd be that many, but at least you know twenty or so. I mean, the same thing applies to Troy Tulowitzki or Jose Bautista. There'll be days when they want them in the lineup, but they just want to give them a little rest in their legs, and they'll DH. In which case, as you said, Morales will play first because they don't want to take him out. And yeah, he did look fine. He's he's played. Somebody had a thing. He's played uh, before he went to the Royals. He's played two hundred innings per year at first base, which is not a huge amount of innings, but. It's not nothing, you know, he's... Yeah. It's not yeah, like putting David Ortiz at first. Exactly. I mean, he gets his reputation as being that... I mean, he's not a good first baseman. Like, let's not kid ourselves. But he's not a butcher. The reason he has this reputation as a really horrible defender is because he's been a full-time DH. Well, he's been a full-time DH because he's been behind Eric Hosmer, who's one of the best <laughs> defensive first basemen in baseball. Indeed. So it's like, well, they're not going to play him over that guy, so... Yeah, anyway. All right, so lay it on me. All right, I'm going to read a few of these. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from the, oh, dear God, what is happening category. 
from Dwayne Casey. Hey, they, <laughs> someone used it two weeks in a row. Why are they doing this? <laughs> <laughs> from Brendan Kuhn. Why does everything hurt inside? <laughs> from Brendan Kuhn again. Why are the Jays doing this during their first extended stay in Toronto in my life? Well, now I know who to blame. Yep. And um, <laughs> from Blue Jays Way 1. Simple question. Will the Jays score another run this season? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> We love all of you. We really do. Uh, wow. Yeah. I don't know why they're doing this. Because this is baseball. This is what happens. Um, though I, I am... I am concerned. Because although you cannot win the pennant in April, you can certainly make it darn near impossible to win it in April. You, you, can, you can lose it, so to speak, by just punting a whole month. And they're... They're one week and one week and a couple days into punting the whole month. Um, yeah, this is not the division you want to do it in, uh, but it doesn't need to hurt, folks. You just need to take a step back, look at my Twitter handle that says "Keep a cool head," and realize, eh, it's just baseball. Do you want to read Matt Corey's tweet, uh, question? Oh yeah, thanks, Matt, friend of the podcast. So he sends us a question: Are you worried that at this rate MLB might contract the Blue Jays? I'm worried right at this point that the Blue Jays might contract the flu from the Red Sox and play even worse. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> and then Buck Showalter can come and complain about that too. And no, no, or no, say that his players would keep it quiet or whatever nonsense he was spewing. Oh my goodness. We have one more question, <laughs> which is slightly more serious. Mike Storshaw. In my darkest it. dreams, it's confirmed for me that Jose can't hit velocity and has lost pitch recognition ability. Should I drink this bleach? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, should we analyze this? Or should we just answer the question part? <laughs> you want him to drink bleach? <laughs> Whew. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> uh, editor's note, please do not drink bleach. <laughs> we do not endorse the drinking of bleach or any other poisonous substances. Oh, <laughs> it is a problem though. Like what he's well, drinking bleach is definitely a problem. But Jose Bautista's he looks he can't catch up to anything right now. It's really bad, especially after the first week of spring training. Which, admittedly, you don't have to catch up to as much. But I mean, they're still throwing ninety-five miles an hour in the first couple weeks of spring training, and he those are the pitches he hasn't caught up to. It's crazy. <sighs> Yep. I feel like we should end on a slightly happier note. Would you like me to uh, to end on a slightly happier note? We can get out a gold star. Okay. Okay. We are. We've upgraded it back to gold. That's brilliant. So I did good, right? I mean, I would have thought you'd get a gold star. You enjoy that. You've earned it. See, the thing is, I I didn't have a the drop for a silver star, so. <laughs> we'll get that one for next podcast. Oh, yeah, sure you will. <laughs> uh, the Blue Jays have an alternate uniform, which uh, isn't exactly an alternate uniform. It's alternate cap. The white panel caps are back. <laughs> Much to the delight. They look good. Mm-hmm. It, it is a classic look. They went the extra mile, though, because they mm-hmm. went with white panel batting helmets. 
I don't know why they ever got rid of those. Well, uh, someone was saying today, I think it was Murphy, Bruno, was saying that some of the players thought they were bad luck, <laughs> so they got rid of them. Player superstitions feel silly, but they look so good, those white panel hats. And the helmets look kind of sharp, too. Yeah, and they, uh, the, the panel on the helmets comes straight down. So they are actually different design again of helmets. Slightly different, just to make them a little bit, a little bit different. Instead of swooping to the back, they come straight down with the white part. Uh, I think they look right. Until I saw the other one, I'm like, no, they're fine. They're good. I'm not a huge white panel, fa- white panel hat fan, but uh, you know anything that, that calls back to the classic era, I understand why people love it. So that's cool. Uh, you were mentioning superstitious players. I believe it was a hockey coach. They asked uh, was it Mike Yeo, and they asked him about superstitions, and he says, oh, I have a lot of them. They're really stupid. And one of them is that I don't answer that question on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> I was like, that's the best, man. I have a superstition about answering superstition questions. Thank you very much. Do you have a final thought, sir? Yeah, so this is a, this sort of an observation that it seems a lot of people are making this, that the stadium in-game experience is really strange in the first couple of games this year. Like a lot of like pumping music in between pitches and really loud speaker stuff. It's like, feels like a basketball game in the way that they're doing it. It's very different. And I, I I don't, I mean, I didn't really care, but it seems just like it's pissing off a lot of people. I don't know why they did that change. Interesting. I suppose that's something that people will continue to mention. If it continues to be annoying, we'll find out. Uh, I, I wish I had a final thought. All right, I'll steal yours then. <laughs> All right. I have a second one. You're, you're good at finally thinking. <laughs> so just screwy early season stuff this is this is someone tweeted this the Padres have a better record than the Blue Jays is a thing that will be true through at least the end of the week (laughs) oh (laughs) yep the Reds are seven and two and George Springer has as many home runs to lead off games as the Blue Jays have home runs in the season (laughs) Insert picture of dog in the middle of a fire saying, this is fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, So I'd like to remind you uh, that we have a Patreon, www.patreon slash turfpod, where you can donate to the Jays batting fund. No, you can't do that. (laughs) Maybe they need a Patreon. (laughs) No, 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 tell them they can. We'll get more that way. (laughs) Ah, there you go. Yes, every dollar is a hit for the Blue Jays. I'm sure that's exactly the way it's going to work. Uh, we encourage you to, to stop by and check out how you can help us make the podcast better. In the meantime, it means that uh, you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem. I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead2010. And this, this has been Artificial Turf Wars episode number 52. And we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.